0: I have not done a spoken intro for one of my episodes in probably over a month. And I don't know exactly why that is. Maybe it's because sometimes I feel like I don't really have anything to talk about. Maybe sometimes I don't really know how to talk about it. But I have thought today, you know what, I'm going to. <laughs> and what's funny about that is it has been the worst week <laughs> ever, man. I mean, well, let's start with the Super Bowl in Pucksatani Phil predicting an early spring by not seeing a shadow. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. But um yeah. So this week I got in a car accident. And thankfully it went a lot better than it could have. My my brakes would not would not work considering the fresh snow and ice. So I tagged tagged somebody's car and that wasn't great. Um but then i got through it my car was fine the other person was fine all was well i said it's okay then the next day um, i just i've just been so busy lots of interviews um, hosting a new radio show has been taxing school's been oh extra so it's just been it's just been a heavy little week here and so i was finally getting to unwind i, I started my day with an interview was busy all day, ended my day with another interview, and then finally around 10 p.m. I had the time to relax. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to the store, get myself some black bean burgers, have a little time for myself, and just watch some movies. And on my way back from the store, I got a flat tire. So I thought, well, that's not great. Um, And I stopped at a gas station to put air in the tire. This is an important part of the story. So, I stopped to put gas, or I stopped to put air in the tire, and no air is going in the tire. It's not taking air at all. So, I think, okay, well, goodness, must be a pretty fat leak. I just need to get home. Thankfully, I was only a few minutes away from home, and then tomorrow I could deal with this getting a tire. So, I come home, and I'm just already bummed out because today I was excited to just have nothing to do. I was going to do this and call it, and it was going to be just fine. And so, uh, roadside assistance comes to replace my tire, and he's a super kind person. And my tire, my spare is on, and I'm getting ready to go to the tire company to get my my replacement. And I realize I've misplaced my wallet, which is something that I do often. But you know, I usually know where it's at. And that's when I come to the realization that last night when I was putting air into my tire, since my pockets or my pants didn't have any pockets. I put my wallet on top of my car and I drove away without my wallet and with my wallet on top of my vehicle. So this morning I, I spent about an hour and a half walking up and down a wet snowy street checking through piles trying to see if my wallet was anywhere only to come to the conclusion that it is gone forever. So've I've now spent the morning canceling all of my cards. And uh, so so now I I need to replace my tires still, and and I'm cardless. But here's the thing. This is all quite frustrating and a bit taxing, but I am incredibly grateful to be alive today more so than ever because all of the things in my life that are really important are here. I have my friends. I have my family. I have love. I have my health. And um, that's all that I can really ask for, and so I'm really thankful for that. So here's my here's my first time chatting in a while, and and I I guess it works in a way because I've been trying to find this place where I can think well it's rounded out and now I can talk now I can reflect and I I don't I mean I hope to God it's not going to get any worse than this, but it's not great, and so now is a good place when I'm not necessarily at the bottom. But when I'm understanding all the things around me are temporary, that I can stop and really, really be appreciative of what I do have. And one thing that I'm immensely appreciative for is today's conversation with Sam Lysenko, the production designer from Uncut Gems, a homie of the Safdie brothers. Um, such a cool guy. I'm so thankful that I get to chat with people like him. I'm overwhelmed with gratitude that I get to learn from these people. And that I get to know more about these amazing films. And the Oscars are tomorrow, which is just a bummer. I, I think, I mean, honestly, I don't really give a shit about the award shows in a lot of ways. But it's also nice to be recognized. And I think Adam Sandler just brought it. So for what it's worth, I think that's a bit of a bummer. But yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be me. I'm happy that I got to talk to Sam. And I hope that you enjoy the chat. And I hope your weeks and your weekend have been a little bit better than mine. And that you pay attention to the love that you have and to the health that you have and to the things around you that are alive and that are good and that are palpable, and tangible and breathing. So thank you so much for listening. Here's my conversation with Sam Lysenko. Hi, is this Sam? It is. Hey man, how you doing?
1: Good, what's
2: happening?
0: Not much. I'm just sitting here in a nice oh, it's just started snowing. So
2: Yeah. Well it's better than it is here. It's been torrential downpour in New York. I've been stuck inside all day.
0: Oh dear. How do you feel yeah. about rain?
2: Uh well, I you know, these days I spend about half my year in LA, so I I am appreciative when I'm when I'm back home and it's <laughs> happening.
0: Yeah, for sure. How's being home like?
2: Oh, uh, it's great! It's great. Just started a new movie this week, and uh, I have I, I go through these phases where um, if I have like a, usually I average about a month off in between projects, and mm-hmm. I just I fall into crippling dep- depression because I have nothing I have nothing going on. So um, towards the end of each movie, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna <laughs> refinish that table, and I'm gonna go to the museum, <laughs> and then I wind up just eating Chinese food until it's time for a new call sheet. <laughs>
0: Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. I think uh, like uh, a large portion of my job is is, uh, is
2: so much based on preparatory research that um, I don't. It, it's hard to motivate yourself to investigate things that you're interested in when you have to do that for work. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's funky. Yeah. Do you feel like you need to be like doing something? Does that feel like strongly? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, there's also there's there's never any predictability, so it's like as good as your last movie is. It's always terrifying what your <laughs> what your next project's going to be. So I've, I've I've settled into this new movie that I'm really excited about, but uh, but up until then, even though I, I knew I had a contract, I was still um, still uh, a bit anxious, but. What makes you anxious about it? Oh, uh, well, I, I grew up in a, a business family. Um, mm-hmm. My my father is a, a, a semi-retired character actor, and my mom in her um, younger days was an off-Broadway stage director, so I think there, there was there's always this level of unpredictability in the business and having grown up in it, in, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there was very little um, film and television work in New York. So I,
1: I remember those days, uh, those lean those lean days as a kid for my folks.
0: Wow. So, yeah, I must stick with you. Yeah. Well, uh, it's good you certainly. have some consistency, though. So what Yeah, is, I mean, uh, I, I
2: think it gives you some momentum, you know. you
1: got to keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, it, it seems tricky, but... Uh, you know, it seems like the more projects you do, the more uh, accoladed they become. So, that's got to be at least indicative of progress, which can be nice. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I have been
2: incredibly lucky with the um, with the consistent caliber of projects that I've I've been involved with. Like, I, I that that's not lost on me when right. when when the movies are good. <laughs> and uh you can app- appreciate them as such like it's it's a pretty um, uh, humbling feeling for sure.
0: So tell me about uncut gems. It's pretty uh, it blew up. It's been, <laughs> it's been wild. yeah. Um, How's it felt compared to uh, good time and, and before that and
2: uh, To a certain extent like I you know I went to college with the Sasty Brothers. Right, right. um and and I've, I've been in their orbit for so long that I think a lot of the times as you do with with really close friends you kind of run out of things
1: to talk about and so I uh-huh. think there the um the practicality of the nature of our of our relationship the three of us at this point it, it can make really great art but it's
2: also one that's born out of like um inherent disagreement in a positive way so it, it, what I mean by that is like uh you know there's no pleasantry. Uh, in, in the way we communicate these days. When, so when it's time to make a movie, um, it's, uh, it's kind of life or death. So, so the process, at least for me, can be, um, very emotionally draining. Really? Um, yeah, just cause it's like, you, you're making a movie with, with family members. And so I think, uh-huh. um, you don't,
1: you don't, uh,
2: Handhold along the way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so in in that regard, it's always a, a very taxing um, experience, and I also think that their depth of vision and um, and our shorthand is can be really intense at times, you know, mm-hmm. um, for the for the betterment of the movie. Uh, but uh, but you go you get real deep, you get real deep on on pretty heady concepts when you're when you're designing one of their movies.
0: Yeah, because it seems like you can say a lot of things to each other that perhaps you wouldn't be able to. In other business working relationships yeah and it's also like you know you can you can
2: reference an aesthetic conversation you had about something else 15 years ago you know and <laughs> right. so like, there's there's so much there in terms of my understanding of what they perceive when they look at aesthetics and their understanding right. of what I perceive that I think um you know it's it's uh it's deep. <laughs> it
1: gets real deep.
0: Yeah, does it does it feel unspoken? I mean, you just said you don't speak much, but is it, in a way, easier to communicate then because you can just assume what the other is thinking more Yeah, I mean, comfortably? It, I, I
2: would say that there's probably... The responsibility is probably the same um, in terms of uh, what is expected in terms of communication, but I also feel like it, it opens you up. What it does is it opens you up to make... Um, kind of micro-references that paint portraits of the whole. So, like, um, I can be, like, I can look at a sofa in a residential space and be, like, you know, like my orthodontist from middle school. And I know they knew <laughs> what neighborhood I grew up in. They knew what my middle school must have been like, and they knew I was a commuting kid in Brooklyn. And so I think that there, there's a, there, there's that kind of innate understanding of... of of minutia, having experienced enough overlap in life that I don't have to then explain what an orthodontist would have looked like to me, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so in that regard, it can be incredibly satisfying,
0: but you, you have this much bigger toolbox to be pulling from. Right. You know? Does it feel any more or less rewarding to make a project with them than it does with more far removed people? Um,
2: I it's tricky I think for me I, as a designer I, it, very often um, as appreciative as I am of the final product like I get my rocks off in process I'm not a, I'm not a
1: director you right. know I'm, I feel like I'm more of an artisan um, uh-huh. uh, applying
2: certain skill sets as a cog in a machine to make a piece of art so the process for me, is the satisfying bit. And so depending on it's, it's more like um, if it's somebody who I haven't worked with, you, you kind of want to get to a place where there's an innate understanding of, of not just how both the director and I see the film, but also um, a level of trust that is built based on mutual understanding of
1: the things that we don't see in common, you know, so mm-hmm. I'll get to
2: a place with the director where it's going really well. and like, um, I'll be left alone to do my thing. And then they'll guide, you know, because I mm-hmm. feel like filmmaking is a lot about keep, just kicking a football forward. If it's going in the wrong direction and somebody will tell you it's in the wrong direction, but at least there's some momentum. Right. Um, and I think with the, with the Saffy brothers, it becomes more of, um, can I wow them? Knowing that I've wowed them for the last ten years, occasionally like that
0: becomes yeah. a challenge.
2: Uh, so it's a different kind of it's a different kind of satisfaction. It's not necessarily better or worse.
0: For sure. Do you Do you guys ever stop and reflect on like whatever aspirations you had back when you were in school or or even before, and just think, "Wow like like we did what we wanted to do," or anything anything of that sort. Um,
2: I don't. I don't know. I think uh, the critical experiences we've both had after having left school have been divergent in a lot of ways, um, primarily because I, my whole life, is working with different filmmakers, right? Um, and their whole life is making films with themselves. You know, not to, not to say that they don't produce other people's stuff, and they do, and they do a very number of different kinds of movie makings within a within a community um but um i think that my my career goals have evolved to be able to wax poetic about the way something looks with with anybody at any time you know and and the research and, and creation process is more about like a universal bonding experience with um, with varied kinds of people and those variants are the things that I enjoy about the craft, whereas I think that as directors, especially directors who um, are building a reputation not just for being unrelenting, but also being exacting in their vision are going more internal um, with how they perceive the world and how they can best express that to an audience, so I think it's um, to kind of kind of loosely tie it into your question, what I mean by that is like, um, I'm on the outside of their process looking in, and they're on the outside of my process looking in. So uh, it's not as if we've been in this kind of uh, revelatory loop where
1: we're like, "Oh right. my god, we were you know undergrad film <laughs> students." It's, yeah. it's more just—it's yeah. more just like I learned how to
2: weld this week, and they're like, "I I came to terms with this thing that happened when I was a kid." You know,
1: um,
2: <laughs> I, th- I think that's more of the process uh, that, that uh, if I can speak for them. Uh, which I often try not to do, but I think that that's more of where we um, express pride in one another's uh, trajectories, you know?
0: Yeah, I can appreciate that for sure. Do you feel that you've attained much of the goals and fulfillment that you've desired since you started schooling or, or pursuing a career?
2: Um, well, I mean, I, I went for generalized film studies because at the time. Um, I don't. I, I believe most schools didn't, or, or if any schools did, I don't know. But at the time, there was no. Um, you
1: couldn't go to school for production design, right?
2: And the and the general rule of thumb, um, uh, internally, uh, has been, you know, you art direct under a production designer, and you learn the craft, and then you make your way up in the ranks. And I didn't do that. I just jumped straight from making shorts with my friends where I was producing, but producing also kind of meant dealing with props for tomorrow. And, and it was a, it was a very creative task. Yeah. Um, I went from doing, doing that and getting turned off by the business shit to, um, to just being a designer. Cause I just didn't want to deal with the logistics. I just wanted to deal <laughs> with the creative. And so, right. um, so my, my, um, my arc has been different
1: than I think the, the, the path of, of most designers uh, so
2: I feel like the process has always been just for me it's like um, this next project is the right choice uh, or the next project is the wrong choice and I just try to I try to um, my best I mean there's never a guarantee that you're going to book every every movie or TV show you go up for anyway but like I just try to think like do I want to watch this and will I be excited to go to work because if I'm not excited then uh, I'm not I'm not, I'm not in, inherently going to bring my best to it, you know?
0: Yeah, that freedom is kind of scary.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely can be, um, occasionally, for sure.
0: Do you feel comfortable now, though, that you've you've been doing it for some time? Do you think this is what you want to stick with?
2: Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, um, the skill sets vary so wildly from movie to movie that I think um, there's always stuff that will excite me about the craft. And, yeah, and you yeah, know there's, there's always like new new um, new things to explore um not just in the subject matter of the movies but also in in the actual shop craft as well like you know if, if it's miniatures or uh vfx stuff or animatronics or whatever you know
1: and then there's genre like westerns and space and you know right i think that i think
2: it's more like the variance in the job requirements from movie to movie keep the thing exciting enough that it never actually feels like a job.
0: Is, is there any sort of structure that you can tell me that you begin with when you start a movie that's specific to your craft? Or is it so variant that it's just sort of movie to movie? Um,
1: yeah,
2: I mean... I, Stop. the first stop for me for at least the last five movies has been um, Wikipedia and YouTube and just trying to <laughs> soak in as much secondary information, not just about the fiction but also about the, the filmmakers and the producers involved and their previous works and um, and then getting really deep on any source material um, that could be helpful in process and then for me I try to walk away from it for a day or two because I don't want to be too um Influenced by um, by anything that's come before, so I, I think it's it's for me it's more about a balance of just like taking time to internalize what I think that this movie could look like after I've read a script um, and trying to give myself some kind of advantage by um, by doing enough research that I feel like I have a grasp on how best to communicate that in a pitch meeting or whatever, and then I'll do a lookbook. But it's really like, um, and I don't know. I don't know if this is for the same feeling for other designers as well. I presume it must be
1: um, because we all don't interact as often as we would uh, or, as, or as we should, I mm-hmm. think.
2: Um, but uh, but really the hardest part uh, is always just getting a good crew together and finding good, a good team um, uh, because it, the, the expectation is that you put your your crew together really before you've spent a lot of time with the filmmaker. Um, and so you're kind of making guesstimations about what, what kind of decorator would be a good fit, what kind of prop master would be a good fit before you've actually spent time doing that. Um, and then secondarily, uh, uh, maybe no less importantly, it's also like, is this a
0: team that I can creatively engage so that they're, they're emotionally invested in this fiction too? Because that's that... that yeah that is they're really doing the work. I you know, my job is to is to internalize
1: um it, intense creative
2: um intention from a filmmaker and then communicate it to a team enough that they can execute without them feeling like they don't have leadership or direction but also that their concerns and input is regarded along the way, you know, and as that yeah. as that kind of focal point in between um it's it's kind of incumbent upon me to keep everybody engaged um so so yeah putting together a crew and and doing just enough research that i can you know cocktail party talk my way into (laughs) any you know like rocket science or english tapestry or the history of hip-hop or whatever it is like i just need to know enough to know the general direction of the look of the movie and then you know later there is more time usually to um to get a little deeper on it
0: right do you think you've been fortunate enough to come across crews that are generally that feeling that you want? So far, so
2: good, dude. So, <laughs> so far, so good. Um, I, I, I'm putting together a great crew right now for this new one. Um, you know, and uh, I just finished a movie that I'm very proud of in Ohio um, in December. So that was that was not like local New York crew. So there was a little bit of a leap of faith getting recommendations from people I hadn't worked with before to. Start putting together a crew of other people I hadn't worked with before, you right. know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know it's it's definitely a larger percentage of the final product than, than I think even most other people in the film business would realize. And then it also their their engagement throughout the process is also kind of uh,
0: um, an unsung hero for sure. Yeah, it's. It's really, it's exciting to try to look at it like, because there's so much, there's so many logistics and things that have to go into making the film. But when you step back, it's just a bunch of people all. I, I don't know. It, it, I don't want to say adolescent, but it's like there's something really innocent about it that I think is it's, like.
2: It's, in, it's insane that movies are made. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. insane that that these teams are capable of coming together. And as the movies get bigger and actor. Schedules are m- more uh, restrictive, and the computer graphics elements are, are m- more an integral part. It's like, yeah, it boggles, it boggles my goddamn <laughs> mind that these things ever get scheduled. I don't, I still don't understand how they do it, and I've been doing it for fifteen years now. Like a good, a good ad putting a schedule together is really, it's such an art form. It's wild. You know, oh, we we lose Jack Nicholson at 3 p.m. so he can go do an interview. You know, it's like, what? 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 How are we doing this?
0: Right. And you work crazy hours, I assume, right?
2: I have the luxury of not usually working crazy hours. Uh, What I mean by that is that um, art directors and and production designers are – Technically on call. Um, mm-hmm. So, like the back of the call sheet lists everybody's call times. Usually, it's like you know, you start your Monday morning at, at 5 a.m., you wrap at 6 p.m., 7 p.m., and then over the course of the week, it gets progressively later so that by the time you get to Friday, you're shooting your night work and they still have enough sleep turnaround for the crew so that Monday morning you can back the clock up and start at, at 5 a.m. again. Um, the expectation. Especially nowadays, with the shifting responsibilities of line producers and, and production managers, and how and, and um, heightened expectations with digital filmmaking, um, is that the production designer has
0: kind of shifted into this role of like tomorrow director, um, right. for lack of a better phrase. Like my my critical
2: responsibility is really to prep tomorrow's set so that I can um, open the set to the director and the DP in the morning. And they're like, okay, we have everything we need, which means critically, the day before I'm standing there going, okay, they're probably going to want to put a camera here. And I know that they, I know in the shot list they have this, and the props will have to come in from that closet, and blah, 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 blah. So I'm really just trying to think about anything and everything they could possibly want to shoot, and subtly trying to guide that hand with design to force them to shoot the things I want them to shoot. But, um, <laughs> but because of that, there's not really so much of an expectation that I'm offset, um, especially now with. Um, the cell phones, like, I have my onset dresser, he's at the monitor
1: all day, he's tweaking things and sending me photos on right.
2: uh, on uh, a message of, of, of what the upcoming shot is so that I have enough time to write back really quickly, like, move that lamp to the left three inches and
1: then, you know, they'll lock, they'll lock the frame in. Um, so I try to do that. That's
2: because I'm on call, um, I have less of a responsibility to be there every single second and I can kind of break away and do my own thing at a more leisurely pace as long as it's getting done on time however every once in a while uh, they're shooting at 4 in the morning I was working in the office all day working on Monday's shit and then I'll get the call I'm in bed and I get the call and they're like we need you on set right now we're having trouble with this thing or whatever um, on the last movie actually in, C- in Cleveland that I just finished and I-, I don't think the director would mind me telling this story Um, we had put in a week I was on the day shift we had prepped everything this big 1960's deli um, like bodega interior Uh uh, and the piece of shelving furniture in the middle of the room was blocking the actor in the shot and it was a night night shoot and they had moved into that work um, probably around one in the morning and my day was my day was 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. that day. And so I was already at the bar with the, with the day crew, the day, the day art department crew, and I was pretty drunk. Like, I was already six or seven drink, drinks in, and, and it's Friday night, you know, and they're like,
1: we need you on set. And I like,
2: had to fly to set. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, we'll move this
1: table and we'll
2: put this here. And it looked good. I mean, I got it. I got it done in time. I like got the shot, and it wasn't a problem. And as I was walking out, I was like, "I am so drunk
1: right now." You know? <laughs> um,
2: but but I think, like, uh, jokes aside, like, I am on call. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I am I'm billing a flat. Like, the director can have me at two in the morning on on Saturday night if he wants me. The director can have me on set all day if he wants me there. The upside is that I can be like okay you guys are good I'm going to go back to the office I'm going to think about next week you know and then just sit on my computer and, and actually get deep on stuff
0: wow <laughs> is it is it still exciting though even when you get those 4am calls
2: oh yeah totally No, yeah, of course I and mean, it's the greatest thing in the world um I'm, I'm never angry
0: about it right uh,
2: it's, I mean, it's it's ridiculous that I get paid to do this for a
0: living. So. Yeah, I was I was just gonna ask, like, do you ever just stop and realize, like, this is what, like, this is what every your day. job is? It's like, yeah, making awesome like, shit. I, I, I make
2: I make sets for movies that I like, and then occasionally there's like a famous person in the room. Yeah, it's
1: dope. I I just, like, why wouldn't it be? You know?
0: For sure, dude. For sure. Wow, it's just crazy, like. I don't know. You seem like the kind of person and I consider it to be similar to me like you like to always be doing something based on what you said earlier like not wanting to be on vacation. Like you seem to enjoy the challenge of having like a full plate in a way.
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm not a vacation guy, for
1: sure.
0: <laughs> oh man. So back to uncut gems, is there is there any anything fun about I mean, I'm sure it was just a shit show and a fun ride but were there any specific sets or or challenges that you want to talk about or stories
2: um yeah i'm I, i'm i'm extraordinarily proud of the back office set oh um, so good that was that was a big one for me um cuz that i think that was even though it's incredibly cl- cluttered um i that for me was an exercise in minimalism because if you if you actually go through it um at half speed and look like i'm, I'm there are I, I worked with kendall the decorator like there are pockets of mutual color you know the back
1: corner is a uh-huh. shipping and receiving area but all the boxes are white and all the packing peanuts are white and everything's. you know there are there are these pockets to frame conversations that were incredibly considered
2: um uh-huh. and i think that it translates really well because it's a very busy room but i don't think you realize how busy it is when you're watching the movie it just kind of feels real you know
0: yeah um I kept thinking while I was watching it how I wanted to like, like I would love to go through his office and look in that giant cabinet and look through his desk and look at all the papers and shit on his desk and see what is actually like going on in that room.
2: (laughs) Um, most of it's the real deal. Uh, most of it's, um, either fake gem paperwork or bulk real gem paperwork that we
1: rented uh, or some combination of the two, uh, but uh but yeah that was that was a big one for me that the the conversations we had to get
2: to a good place with the um the front shop the actual storefront shop uh -hmm. were were tricky and and took a long time that's all a stage build we build all of that on stage um and so coming up with all that stuff from from nothingness was was uh was a bit of a bear but i'm i'm happy in the way that turned out um and the house in Long Island I think was was a, just a, a masterful stroke of good luck um, we had we had already figured out his apartment we knew what we wanted it to look like and um, and trying to find a house that counterbalanced that that also uh-huh. implied the injection of a, of a matriarch for years and years was was tricky and that house just fell from the heavens um, Samson our, our location manager pulled it out of nowhere and it was just it was perfect
0: mm-hmm. Wasn't that the same uh, house used in another movie? I feel like I read that that it was used in another movie recently. Or am I am I remembering? That,
2: that would be news to me. However, um, <laughs> I wouldn't I I wouldn't discredit it because I think um, it was so well maintained and the owner was so comfortable with a film crew that I wouldn't doubt if some other production had been there at some point, maybe a TV show or, or a movie or something.
0: Yeah, I thought I read, but. But yeah, it, it all felt very. I was it was very engaging, and it I really felt like the curiosity, like you really wanted to know like what this guy's like home life looked like because he's such a character, and I honestly loved like the I don't know for some reason like the scene in the kitchen, with the his kitchen cu- is incredible. Yeah. That yeah, that whole scene, the interaction is amazing. Um, the the
2: it, it, just him him overcompensating by playing dad for 10 minutes in that scene is so good
0: yeah and you're just like damn man <laughs> she's not she doesn't care <laughs> yeah. she really doesn't care how was the club was, the club done how did you guys do that uh, that's a real club
2: that's a real club sebo our producer had an in and uh there was very little to do there that was the tunnel of lights kind of drove that conversation. It was kind of a no brainer. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the club filled itself out. What we did do is we, we filled that room, Darius, the DP, just, Wanted um, blacklight everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, he and Josh had had a conversation, and Josh was like, "Let's do blacklights." And Darius was like, "There, we don't.
1: We there's no there aren't enough blacklights in New York to do this." And Josh, <laughs> Josh
2: wouldn't back down, and they,
1: they got to a place where
2: they figured out where they needed them. And um, that changeover just was so dynamic and so great. And uh, Abel the weekend uh, came in and like live sang the track. Wow. Um, and it was, yeah, it was incredible. It was like a little tiny baby concert for everybody.
0: <laughs> that is so dope. Yeah, I yeah was, that was a lot of fun. He, was, he's a very sweet guy. That's cool, man. See, look at you bumping elbows with The weekend. Wow. You guys hang out or, you know? <laughs> uh, not
2: since the movie. I hung out with him a little bit while we were in, in production. Um, he's, yeah, he's a sweetheart. He cares a, he cares a lot
0: about cinema. Like, he knows really yeah, he's a he's definitely a movie buff. I mean his in, his involvement with the movie was not, I believe, as much Josh seeking him out as it was probably him seeking Josh and Benny out. You know, that's that's really cool. I was really curious when I saw that he was in it. I was like, how are they gonna? How are yeah, they gonna he do already, that?
2: He was already a fan for some time.
0: It was just good because like it served a purpose, and I was yeah, I was totally. worried it wasn't going to just because you know when you see like someone. Especially someone with his popularity right now, it's like, well, why is he in it? But it it like it fit perfectly, which was awesome. Yeah,
2: and it was also great to see him willing to kind of sully himself a little bit. Yeah, That's right.
0: Cool. Like live into that image a little bit. I appreciate yeah. that because I I was super into him back in like 2010, I think. <laughs> and it's just crazy because like trilogy was so good and dark, and then he <laughs> and then he just absolutely took off, and I was like, wow. Damn. Yeah,
2: it's wild. I, I'm sure that on some level he probably got a kick You know, once the wig went on. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he got a kick about it. Yeah,
0: I was curious about the wig. Too. I was like, wow, that looks exactly like his hair used to look. It was a
2: wild, wildly expensive hair piece. <laughs> <laughs>
0: really? Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly what the number was, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was five figures.
1: Jesus
0: Christ. Oh. Well, since we're talking about uh, movies. I don't usually like to ask, but what are some of your favorite movies or, or inspired directors or etc. Hmm. Um. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of a cop out answer, I guess, but um,
1: for me, I think um, it it gets. I I feel like I've said this before to somebody, so uh, <laughs> so,
2: so it's not really. It's not bullshit if I'm repeating myself, but uh, for me, it, really good production design is unnoticeable. Um, if you're thinking about how good a movie looks, then I think that you've um, you've lost the fiction of it, and really? so it's it's ill suited. So, so I find it very easy to watch things where I don't think about the process of craft at all, mm-hmm. um, and it's um, and there's a balance between you know incredible filmmaking and also the invisibility of, of the process. Um, but, like, on a Sunday afternoon, dude, I just want to watch Die Hard over and over and over. Like, it just popcorn
0: <laughs> movies where I don't have to think. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's not,
2: it's not for lack of, of you know, um, appreciation for, for really hot cinema. Um, you know, I could, I could wax poetic about, like, you know, Cronenberg or Hal Ashby or, right. uh, or the early works of Godard, whatever it is. Like I, I'm, I'm good, but um, <laughs> in, in terms of, in terms of pure escapism, like I would just much rather watch, you know, um, 80s Eddie Murphy action movies. <laughs> um, yeah. but I, I think that's, that's only because it doesn't feel like I'm taking my work home with me.
0: Yeah. You know? So I, I mean, you kind of answered my question that, but I was going to ask if like, it's changed your way of watching film but i mean you just explained it
2: yeah i try not to let it i mean I'll, i i'm i'm definitely more critical of contemporary movies than i am of, of older movies only because uh more likely rather than looking at it for process i'm looking at it for my friends work right. uh, in a lot of
1: ways it's like yeah. oh i know that gaffer or oh, I, I i know that designer we were up for that same movie last
2: year let's see what they
1: did with this thing or whatever <laughs> um and
2: so so I I, I watch I'll, I'll watch all the Oscar nominees
1: with a, with a critical eye for craft. But like when it comes to just the stuff I want to
2: watch, I'm, I'm trying to get as far away from that as
0: possible. Right. Wow. Yeah, dude. I just watched Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle a couple nights ago, and like, the movie's brilliant. I haven't watched that movie since I don't know. I don't even know. Like maybe when it came out, <laughs> and I just it's
2: brilliant. That movie's brilliant.
0: <laughs> I was just like fascinated. I never like. Appreciated. I think I had never watched like a stoner movie, like after I'd gotten high for the first time, is what it was. Because I was always yeah. like, "Man, those movies are stupid." Like, it's just gonna be like. Yeah. But then I and watched it, it and but, I'm like, "This is great about them. It's brilliant. It's like they know I re- it." <laughs>
2: I remember um, Josh, Benny, and I were at South by Southwest. Well, we had some movie there. I don't even know what movie it was there. Uh, years ago, it was the year that Harold and Kumar 2 premiered at, at South by Southwest, and the three of us,
1: we fought tooth and nail to get tickets to that thing. But ultimately, I think it was a disappointment
2: when when compared to the to the first movie.
1: But, uh, but yeah. I remember l- loving that movie so intensely that just, our priorities shifted. We had to go see the sequel at a world premiere. Like, <laughs> such a waste of time. Um, but yeah, I think, you
2: know, I, there there, you can elevate craft even with garbage. You know, it's like Kingpin is is right. one of the finest comedies ever made, and it's not going to be you know on the national registry of, of important American no. Film No, but um, but it but it is incredibly influential, at least to me as someone who considers themselves a filmmaker. You know,
0: yeah. And I just watched Airplane last night, and it's like holy shit. <laughs> Like, is, have you seen it before? Oh yeah, I just had I yeah. I haven't watched it probably in like four or five years though. So like every time I watch it again, it's new. And I, I like was the just...
2: fact that the night before your interview with me, you're like, you know what would be good
0: prep. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I already saw Uncut Gems three times, and I was like, do I need to watch it like again? Like I yeah, feel like I don't. I was like I, I feel like it. I got it. <laughs>
1: yeah you got
0: it and it's funny because so usually good. i will like i'll watch it before but i'm like nah Hermann, come on i watched the yeah. i watched the ingmar bergman film this morning though so i guess <laughs> i was trying to do something yeah right. you, you take the good with the
2: bad you gotta you gotta take the salad with the steak <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> for sure no
2: but i feel the same way i definitely don't need to watch uncut gems again anytime soon it's as much an emotional ride um Having been there on the opposite side of it, right. seeing the final product was just as intense as it was the
0: first. Yeah, yeah did it make you two feel two like two anxious? Times,
2: so. Um, yes, it did. I mean, I also knowing that um, Darius Khondji cinematography and the scope of this movie and the process were inherently more considerate of the digestibility of the final product for the audience Uh I knew even before I saw the rough cut that it was going to be a physically easier movie to watch you know the the lens length is is different than good time and the um, the severity of the music and the number of times that characters raise their voice or when characters are going to raise their voice you can kind of see it coming a little bit more like the the physicality of this movie is a little bit more in line with traditional cinematic trope. So I think it's a, it can be a, an easier movie to physically watch, but I think the anxiety is, is perpetuated in a, a more drawn-out way than Good
0: Time. So I, I kind of knew that before I watched the rough cut. Um, yeah. Thank goodness. That's really <laughs> well put. Because <laughs> Good Time, I, like, couldn't breathe. I was like, Jesus, yeah. man. Like, just give me and, a good, break. Good Time's, like... Good times, just being subjected to darkness in the middle of the night in a cold, cold, you know, cold yard. Like it's, it's, it's punishing, and I think that uncut (laughs) is punishing. Is like unrelenting,
1: and those are two very different things, you know.
0: Yeah, and there's also something like, in a weird way, there's something a little fun about uncut gems, just with like Kevin Garnett and like the weekend and it's like exciting and there's money and like hustle 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 and good time is just like what? dark and like like there's well, you also it's just you, not good you
2: have the moral high ground in uncut gems yeah in good time you're in good time you're along for the ride
0: and yeah you, that's a good way to put it and you
2: feel bad because this guy can't get a break but in uncut gems you're sitting there going like don't say no don't say no don't <laughs> say no and then he's like no and you're like fuck you dude. <laughs> Um, so I think that you have a you have a little bit more of a, a little bit more of the moral high ground kind of bird's eye, uh, which which makes it a little easier to to experience for sure.
0: Yeah, I I really hope Adam Sandler does some more drama films. I heard people saying like they want uh, him to become like the Safety brothers, like Leo or like Tarantino's. Like cast of characters that he uses revolving, and I was like, "Well, I, I could be I could be down for that." But
2: I could see him. I could see him coming back.
0: Yeah. Um. He uh. He's he's a, a gentleman. That guy. What a sweetheart. Really. What, just a, a. Yeah. Just a
1: genuinely nice person. You know. I and I know the Safis have spoken about it publicly uh, ad nauseum
2: about you know how influential his comedy was when they were kids and all that. But I just uh, at the premiere party. I walked in. It was a Katz's Delic- delicatessen in New York, and it was just filled with people. And I caught eyes with him from across the room, and he just went, "Sammy boy," like that. And huh? he's like, man, like Adam Sandler just called me Sammy boy. <laughs> I like it's, um, he, yeah, he's he's
1: is, he is the sweetest. He's the sweetest, sweetest man. And uh, I, I think
2: his, um, his uh, less critically acclaimed comedy successes are also born out of his like having a good time and wanting to put his people to work and you know he's he's got an empire of people who love him and respect him and he just wants to make fun movies uh, that he enjoys making with people he enjoys being with and you can't
0: knock a guy for that oh no and and it's weird because like yeah the older i get like i watch billy madison and i'm like this hits a different sort of bone than it did when i was like younger but like then I think about it. I'm like, yeah. How much fucking fun would it be to just make movies with your friends? Like, oh yeah. Like it's, yeah. I mean, it's so good. There's
2: no doubt. There's no doubt that mystery movie went into production just so he could go to all these beautiful <laughs> locales. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For sure. But it's like the jokes you make with your friends are like always funny with your friends. So even the jokes that like seem to fall flat in the movie, if they do, like. That shit was really funny when it was made. <laughs> like, for sure, everybody was laughing on set. That's so funny. That's so surreal. Like, Sammy Boy. <laughs> That's yeah, he's funny. A, a
2: sweetheart, a real sweetheart.
0: Did you uh, work on his teeth in the movie at all?
2: I didn't, but yes, they are fake. Wow. Um, yeah. The. Uh... The, the dental piece was well-established. I was on another movie when they started doing camera tests. I was just wrapping up a different project. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm trying to remember what that movie was. Oh, it was in L.A. I was in L.A. doing a movie. So they were shooting camera tests in New York and had already gotten to a place with the teeth by the time I got back into New York and we were ready to start prep.
0: Uh, so that was a that was already a, a, a thing. Those teeth, gotcha. those teeth are older than I am in terms of involvement. <laughs> <Lip addiction. laughs> that's funny man well thank you so much for chatting today
2: yeah my pleasure it was a nice little break from uh, the movie I'm on
0: <laughs> absolutely we'll have to do it again um, I'll probably be moving out to LA here in a couple of years so we should get a cup of coffee or something hopefully, for sure, yeah, hopefully yeah, I, I'm in across. New York until uh, June and then uh, I'll be ping
1: ponging back and forth after that
0: just look me up Sweet, man. I'll definitely get a hold of you. Um, I'll text you soon to let you know when I publish this and all that, give you the website and yada, yada, yada. But thank you. Thank you for taking the time to chat today. I'm really excited to see what you do because I'm I'm just in love with it. So thank you again. I will talk to you soon. Alright, have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.